Hello everyone, welcome to episode 4 of Saturday's Anecdotes, a young perspective on schooling and more. I'm Soren, and as usual, I'll be joined by Raf. Today, on the podcast, we'll be covering religion and secularism in schools. Uh, this episode was recorded on the, yeah, it's the 19th of October 2020. Let's get right into the subject. Shall we start with what secularism actually is, for those of us who aren't entirely sure? Mm-hmm. All right. According to the National Secular Society, secularism is the separation of religious institutions from state institutions and a public sphere where religion may participate but not dominate. There you go. Our main frame point from which we'll be covering this, I guess, is laïcité, uh, which is essentially the French version of secularism, yep. which is well known for its... Uh, Strictness and, and intensity. Yes, I guess you could say that. That's had some weird side effects <laughs> over time, especially recently, yeah. actually. Uh, we're going to talk about that later. Laïcité sort of stems from the French Revolution and the period following it. Before the French mm -hmm. Revolution, obviously, this is a quick history lesson for those of you who weren't following, you know, I'd be naughty. <laughs> Laïcité stems from when the nobles and uh, the clergy, so the religious section of society, basically just oppressed the living hell out of the peasants. Yeah, pretty much. Repeatedly taxed them uh, forever, uh, you know, owned the land that they live on, uh, etc. And so France had this entire very, you know, tumultuous period post-revolution where they were trying to sort of undo all of the evil things that they'd been denouncing and being very radical and things, which included selling a bunch of church lands and reducing church influence. Yeah, yeah well, the thing is, the main cause for that, for the revolution in the uh, 18th century, the main cause for it was France was in huge debt. It was spending a lot more money than it was uh, making money. Uh, and they didn't plan on stopping on spending any money. They were really going further. Yeah. Uh, it, it, well, it's quite a mess. Uh, plus, they had no good harvest since two or three years, so the people were starving, uh, basically, yes. at that point. So it's it's makes sense that at this point, and the taxes were going up because the, the, the country was in debt. So the only way, really, to make money, uh, apart from stop spending money, is to tax the the poor and leave mm -hmm. the, the rich out of it the nobles yeah. yeah that was the cause of the revolution and the revolutionaries got very angry at the church hence laicity and laicity kind of stuck around because of you know just uh various you know various sort of factors uh such as i think i think you were mentioning this a little bit before we recorded the episode it was mm. The kings that came during the Restoration weren't superb about religion either. Ah, yes. The the fact that the French are so so scared of it is because the bunch of times where we had kings, uh, a king is often, more often than not, associated with religion. That's how they are protected. They are protected by the fact that... They rule by divine right. Exactly. So they are chosen by God, and if you touch the, the, the one chosen by God, you are straight away going to hell. I mean, it's, it's a... Sacrilege. Uh, so really, it, it, when you when you think about it, it's normal that we try to we try to dissociate the power given by religion uh, to the state. Uh, well, the power, yeah, and that and the state. That's why it's for me. I find it recent. Raphael doesn't find it recent at all. 1905 in France was the separation of the church and the state. 
officially, although they'd been doing sort of separate things, such as in 1882, I think it was, they made education secular, even if the entire sort of Mm. state apparatus wasn't secular at the time. French secularism, as we were saying, is quite hardcore, which means Mm. you can't wear... uh, Any symbol. Yeah, so basically they, they ban ostentatious religious symbols you know you can't you can't wear little chains with like crucifixes no kippers Mm. things like that it's always been like a little bit of a debated subject like where the exceptions are like can you or can you not wear a burqa given that it's literally required of you by your religion to wear at all times if you are a woman things like that thing is uh you can't which is uh, interesting because if your religion requires uh you to do so who do you follow more do you even i mean it depends i think it really depends on your parents uh and mm. their belief and i mean the strength of their belief if they they are extremely implicated with their religion it would make sense that they would not allow you to go to a school where you're not allowed to express your religion yeah so no school is secularism but if your parents don't really care, they'll just send you wherever and it doesn't matter if it's secular or not. But when you, when you think about it also, what's something that's interesting, I haven't I haven't thought about this yet, but um, should workplaces and working environment, uh, environments, sorry, uh, be secular as well? And should it be the same as in school? I mean, in France, I'm talking, I'm not sure about England, but... Do you think in certain companies they don't allow and in certain in other companies they allow? It's weird because it has a reputation of being strong, but it's also quite unclear. And so at some point, in some places actually tolerate, um, you know, crosses and uh, kippers and things. Some students actually face dip- disciplinary action for over- overly ostentatious attire. And again, when you think about it, we, I think we're going to have an episode on this um, uh, about uniforms and such. But uh, if a school sanctions the fact that somebody wears not the appropriate uniform, then uh, I don't think it would be very surprising that they would sanction for yeah uh, a symbol of your own religion. Don't you think so? Yes. We can't really discuss this right now because then I would be bringing up a point we're going to talk about in the episode. But the, the point about making everybody one and not having any kind of differences. I guess that's kind of the point of laicity as well. I, I mean, uh, sorry, secularism is the fact that you just want to kind of get get rid of that idea of separation because yeah. of your uh, religion mm. or whatever, ethnic background or whatever, you know? You just yeah. want to get that barrier out of the way and just have a, a kind of a, a flow, a strong unit between the students. The French state is quite uh, interested in that as well. Uh, they make a point of not actually doing, not including race in censuses. Legally, they argue that there is only one people and it is the French people and anybody who is a French citizen is part of the French people and it doesn't matter their colour of skin or whatever, which is all great, um, but mm-hmm. it's awful at measuring racism. <laughs> so, it just... Uh... Yeah. Anyway, it's yeah, that's a bit awkward. This is the sphere of influence within which we operate, yeah. the sort of weird, sort of uh, nearly aggressive secularism, I guess. That's our frame of reference. It is It is aggressive. I like that, that word. We, we can talk about, well, this is a good transition, I guess, somewhat a good transition, uh, with um, 
the the racism mm. we just talked about and something that happened really recently. Not sure if you want to talk about. <laughs> I this uh, or not, we can we can highlight it. One two we can if we want and then move on. Um, there was a tragic incident that occurred in France very recently. A history teacher was beheaded after uh, they showed. Uh, I think it's a, a cartoon of um, the Prophet Muhammad in class. Yes, a caricature. Um, that was deemed to be highly offensive to the point of violence. Wait, it's not even violence. It's worse than that. It's it's beheading someone. Do you understand the message behind beheading someone? It's quite terrifying. Mm. But then again, the consequences of such actions are going to be immense. Yeah. Who who did it again specifically? I don't want to make any mistakes in this before I, I talk. Uh, somebody from a certain background, whatever it be, when they do such an action, uh, people consider those people as, I guess, pure representatives of that background. And if you do such actions, especially with the whole Islamophobia in in France, how strong it is, it, how strong it has been in the recent years. I think it's calmed down just a tiny bit, but yeah, just this is gonna spring it back up. Like you, you know, it's gonna be absolutely terrible, and, and just it's really just kind of heartbreaking. Yeah, you know? just because one person such an act uh, that other people have to suffer the consequences of, of it just makes me so angry. <laughs> you can't, you can't even imagine. Uh, it's just. The, the unfairness of such an accusation and the consequences of, of his actions. He has no idea, I think, what he has done. Mm. I don't think he has a single clue of the consequences and, and the backlash yeah. of just that single action uh, that is going to have on every single person in France. Yeah. This, okay, this is a bit of a long shot. At the start of the Black Lives Matter movement, uh, you know, one of you know one of the important slogans that they have going on is defund the police, which, as as defined by the people who came up with it, is a reallocation of funding, right, from the police to other services, uh, so that other services can make sure that there's actually less demand on the police, right? Um, it's not a complete removal of money from the police, right? Mm. Uh, because that's well, that's crazy, right? Um. And the thing is that when you're having a protest movement, you need to you need to you need to fight back. You need to fight hard um, on the ideological front, and mm -hmm. that means coming up with catchy slogans and powerful slogans and things that inspire things in people, things that inspire strength, yes. confidence, and don't they feel overtly political but not parliamentary? I guess is the way that you'd put it. And defund the police is exactly like that. But the, one of the reasons I feel like, and honestly, this is kind of ridiculous. Nobody should be, nobody should really be backlashing against this. But one of the reasons that there has been backlash is because the legitimate, sensible message that that slogan conveys is not understood by the people hearing it loudly, no. bellowed by a very angry mob, right? You've got, you've got what they mean and what they say, and they don't line up. Yeah. And I feel like, I hate to call it extremism in the case of Black Lives Matter, because the situation is extreme and it warrants it warrants harsh language and harsh tones and strength. Um, but it is an example where you have the extreme that's drowning out the sensible message of maybe we should rethink the way this is done. 
So if a mm. student has an objection to something that the teacher is showing, then they should probably just say so, right? Because that's a thing that you're allowed to do, especially when you reach secondary education. You can ask questions. Why are we seeing this? I find this offensive, etc. Right? You can make your opinions heard and they can take that into account. That's a thing that teachers are permitted to do when you yes. are of an age that you can make your own decisions and form your own opinions on subjects. I don't know. I, th I feel like we'd make more progress on so many more issues if we just took the time to talk about it. Although protests are valid, you know, when you're not actually making any progress by just sitting in an office and debating, right? That makes sense. Yeah, I agree. Communication has become such a uh, an unused tool. Uh, but it's so strange because it's so powerful, but it's just unused and even untalked about nowadays. It's not even mentioned uh, uh, in, in it's it's not mentioned in where in places where it should be mentioned. Even in schools, you don't hear about communication skills. They don't teach you about how to communicate. Well, not always. That's it's it's patchy at best. I do agree. I also feel like and all of, I mean I sound I sound like a boomer when I say this, but it is <laughs> it is kind of ironic. We're talking more than ever, but we're communicating less. Yeah. Right. We've got we've yeah. got infinite tools such as Discord, which we use to you know record this podcast. Uh, Discord yes. kept me alive during the lockdown. Um, of course. You know that was that was my life support. I was plugged into my computer to get an ounce of a social life. It was great. Hashtag not spawn. Um, mm. You know we 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 have so much more opportunities to engage with more people uh, than ever before, and we do so productively less and less. Um, hmm. And that's depressing. The, the next uh, kind of link and subject we can talk about is religious education. Religious education. Mm. Would you like to go first? You've got a slightly different experience to me on this one. Yeah, I, I, I don't mind. Um, so, well, we, we've got two questions on this. Uh, the question is, is it important? And what is your experience with mm -hmm. it? So I'm going to, I think, first of all, I'm talking about how it, it's important. I, I think personally that it's very, very, very important um, in the sense that it's learning about something that you're not especially uh, accustomed to. Like personally, uh, I'm atheist and the only person, I mean, the only part, Christian part of my family is through my father and they not, they're not very Christian. Uh, they don't really believe in, in all that stuff <laughs> let's just leave it at that yeah. uh and uh you know it's just it's always been i've always been curious about uh and even maybe a little bit envious about how somebody can leave everything to a single belief uh and just leave it at that mm. and just say i believe that god will help me through this yeah and i'm just it's just very strange and i, I that mentality of um being able to, to let yourself go to a certain entity that personally you can't see but you believe in so the whole belief part is is just kind of kind of interesting mm. i think it is really important especially nowadays for the acceptance of different cultures and how different cultures see the world because that's kind of a reflection on the world your the religion in your country yes. which is, uh, shows the history of it and if you study the Shinto religion in Japan, you'll basically understand and you'll get a, a general idea of uh, the culture uh, of Japan. But if you study Buddhism, you'll get an idea of uh, different Buddhisms from like China or India. 
uh, just the different variations. You can just learn so much about the whole culture just from the religion. Yes. So I think it's it's crucial, especially in in the young uh, generations. So I I would say that even studying religious education when you're I don't know six, seven, eight, nine would be the perfect time to start it. Okay. Because it would just bring the basis of cultural acceptance of diversity. So I think that's why it's important. Okay. What about you? What's your opinion on this? Um, I also think it's very important for many of the same reasons. It, although uh, I have my own sort of uh, spin on it, and also person, you know, personal experiences which link to it. I mm. r- religious education feels like one of the things that you have at the end of the day, and it's long and boring and taught by a teacher with a droning yes. voice, and it's about stuff that doesn't feel like it has any practical application. And so it like it's one of the things that were I presented with a class with it at the age of about 11, I would just resent the ever loving everything out of it. Um, mm. But I agree with you that it's important because, you know, as we were saying earlier on, we don't communicate enough. And so we need to we need to find ways to, you know, educate our children to accept diversity because you know we're, we're living in an increasingly diverse world um uh, that makes sense yeah you know so we need to be ready for that and one of the best ways that you can do that is understanding other people's viewpoints and even i might say biases and you know sort of cultural experiences um through the form of understanding their religion that's you know it's uh, it's a very key element of life in many places and for many people mm. Um, so it should be covered when it should be covered is something different i feel like there should be a sort of general idea of the acceptance of diversity from a young age but diversity in the general sense you know um you know keep it simple for the small ones right um yeah of course but and then a sort of re-examination of it by the time you're about like 15, 16, maybe just about, maybe reaching 17 at the very latest and sort of actually like, you know, maybe for just like one year of the educational program, right? Uh, and then make mm. the people who skip that year catch up on it because that's important. Um, yeah. You know, but like a, an actual, a bit more of a, like a fundamental analysis of how did it become this way? You know, where did this, yeah. you know, and even though this might be a little bit controversial, you know, just like, Maybe a little bit of critical analysis. Where did X belief come from? Uh, you know, uh, they say, they mention uh, divine entity X. Why is that? You know, what is the, like, actual thing that may have happened that may have prompted them to think this, right? Things like that. You know, why did um, why did early Christians think that uh, the Earth was at the centre of the universe? Things like that. Um you know, might want mm. examining in a bit of detail, as well as the cultural aspects of it. Not in not in order to sort of, like, disprove them, just as a general idea of how we got to the point that we're at. It's kind of how they, they managed to get to uh, point yes. A to point B. So an understanding of their mindset and thought process could be very interesting. But it's, mm. it, it's kind of... Uh, we, we talked about this with my history teacher recently. Uh, we talked about the fact that even though you can do um, engineering, I mean, I'm talking about universities right now. So you can do engineering, uh, you can do just study to become a doctor, whatever. Uh, it doesn't matter what you do. Uh, and she talked about this in an interesting way. She, she said that 
what you learn in universities most of the time, so imagine you're studying uh, history, is the mindset of a historian. Uh, the same for a mindset of an architect or the mindset of an urbanist. And um, nowadays you can get a job with whatever you do because if you have an interesting mindset okay. and an interesting point of view, any kind of company would be interested. You saw this, the iPhone 11. Wait, you mean 12? Uh, 12, 12, 12, yes, yeah, sorry, 12. The the fact that they put the, you know, like this rectangle, you know, like the ledge and it's not curved anymore. Uh, going back yeah. to like the iPhone 5 or something. Uh, I think they had a bunch of like different people and different uh, or different people with different mindsets to talk about and to yeah. debate whether or not to do that. I agree with you with the fact that in the young age, we should be taught diversity, but in a very vague way because, you know, we're children and we can't understand yeah. com- complex uh, mm. entities or whatever. Stand twice. Yeah. And I think it should be re- revisited uh, at a later age when we can form our own opinions and certainly debate about the subjects. And I think that would yeah. be the most, uh, the, the best way to, exp- to, to be able to uh, debate, to debate with culture and, uh, and uh, religion nowadays at our age, I think specifically because we're able to form an uh, opinion would be interesting because it mm-hmm. allows an exchange, an intricate in- exchange through factual points, but also personal points. And I think that just yeah. that, just the idea of that can really enhance one's mindset or thought process. Do you want to talk about your experience with religious education? Tell you what, I will first. Yeah, please. So, one of the reasons I say I'd like actually to, you know, actually like do RE in a vague way that I was, uh, you know, sort of explaining earlier is because I didn't actually get to do RE as such. I didn't get to do classes where I learnt about various religions. Um, I learnt about various religions in Latin. So the the religion I know the most about is probably uh, Roman slash Greek paganism, uh, followed by Christianity and Islam. Yeah. Uh, because those were the ones that we covered in History of Art, which was very Europe-centric, right? It was, oh, look, in Spain there's buildings and they've got round roofs mm. and yeah, no well. depictions of... Um, no depictions of the Prophet Muhammad or, you know, no depictions of concrete things. So lots of geometrical patterns and lots of beautiful things like that, but no recognisable sort of stained glass style things that we have like in um, Christian churches. And that that was about the extent of the knowledge that I've been given about that, which is kind of sad, I feel. Mm. Um so that's that's my general uh, viewpoint from which I view that. That's the other thing that contributes. What what have your experiences been like? Because you were saying that you'd been to an English school really yeah. early on. Uh, I went to an English school when I was in the equivalent of yeah year four, year you know year five, year six I think I was. No 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 sorry year four year five. I did two years in a completely okay. uh, public English school. It was a really fun time. <laughs> Quite interesting. Yeah. Taught me a lot of things. Uh, but the the religious education we had there was not... I mean, it wasn't especially there. It was just from time to time we would have those... Uh, we just had assemblies. And um, uh, and just one person from, I don't know, uh, the church next door would, would come and visit us and talk about religion. 
and that was it and, and you know like two i mean four five times per year maybe they'd come it's not a huge number but it's, it's a bit and then uh later on i did in the equivalent of year eight and year nine i did uh catechisme i don't know how to say that in english at all uh it's basically it's religious education but for christianism so for catholicism yeah yeah catholicism exactly thank you uh so i did that what for a year and a half i think right and yeah it was it was i mean it was interesting the it was more psychology which i really really enjoyed the the it's it's really why i continued doing it and why i didn't stop it was because we were asking ourselves and we were studying specific um parts of of the bible and asking ourselves why is this written here and how can we how do we see this today mm, uh, so, so sort of like a bit like literary analysis just it, on the yeah, bible really was uh and it was just discussion really and most of the time you know it would be like filled with jokes or whatever and it would be it was really just funny i mean it was, it was a funny class because uh, not only that we it was right after a class and usually what we would do like uh, a class when I mean class like the whole day and then me and my friends would just walk to like the church or whatever and we'd have it yeah. there uh, <laughs> and we'd just like buy some cookies at the Tesco's or whatever hmm. uh, or I was it Iceland yeah do you do you remember the shop next to our school that we would go yeah and Iceland was it that was that was probably Iceland yeah yeah oh god <laughs> that's, yeah so we would go there and buy like some Oreos or whatever you know like uh, yeah. and then just go there and just share food with everyone it was just it was just really like it was this idea of sharing not only the food that you eat but also sharing your opinion and your mentality and that i really know. yeah sort of social thing yeah yeah, yeah. and i you okay. know that's really what i like about the the church and the the meetings every you know every sunday everybody goes to the church it's really mm. that sense of community that I admire in um, in the church's community. It's just the, okay. the sense of like we're one, and if if somebody is is having a rough time, everybody's there to help each other. That's another thing that feels a little bit absent in these days, isn't it? Yeah. Some schools have school prayer. Those schools tend to be private schools. Oh, do, are we going to talk about this? <laughs> yes, we are. I'm not very well versed on on the subject, so I, I'll leave this to you. But oh well, I was I was. You don't really have to be that well versed. Do you think that school prayer should be a thing in education in the first place? Uh, At, like even even if it's a private school that specifically like the parents chose that because they think ah oh, yes my child should do school prayer. Do you do you think that should even be a concept that anybody should be allowed to consider? I'm I'm not gonna lie. I have no clue. Because I see, the, <laughs> I see the ups and downs, but really, it just really, really depends on the person itself. Mm. You know what I mean? It's it's just if the person has a personality that goes with it. Yeah. Uh, it would totally make sense to go with it. Right. But you know, <laughs> if the person <laughs> is really just not interested and doesn't see the point at all, I don't. It's just it's just forcing something useless that's gonna they're gonna forget about. You know. And it's just wasted time and wasted resources on somebody else that would want to do it. So I don't know. I think it's a question of of um, 
a specific situation and a specific yeah. person. I don't know about you. What, I what's think your so. thought on it? I have mixed views about this. Oh, yeah. Live and let live spirit is sort of telling me that any sort of intervention by government in terms of should you be allowed school prayer or not oh. in a in a, in one specific direction or another is too much, right? Mm. And you know people should be allowed to practice personal freedom and you know religious freedom, and that might be an infringement of that mm. if if you know we were to say there should be no school prayer or there should be school prayer everywhere, mm. uh, regardless of the religion. That would be practiced in the position, the the hypothetical that we're coming up with, um, and the other side says, "I really don't feel like it's the place of places of education to have people do religious functions." I think the separation of education and church is very important mm. in the same degree that the separation of church and state is important because, you know, you were talking about, you know, it's, it's state institutions really that people are talking about yeah. when they say secularism yeah, yeah. and education, even if it isn't a state institution, yeah. I think it's, well, it's a, uh, forgive me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure it's a, it's a human right education. And I think that that's, you know, like it's a human right. So it should be, it should be applicable regardless of religion. And as a result, religion shouldn't have anything to come and do with education directly. You know, religion shouldn't excessively step foot within an educational building. You don't want that tainting the colour with which you see yeah. the world. Yeah. And you don't want that tainting the colour with which things are educated. It feels a bit nearly repressive, actually, you know, because if if school prayer is okay, then, you know, to what extent is the school agreeing with the church or I, and I say the church uh, to include any and all religions mm. uh, because I'm this is purely hypothetical once more um, to what extent does the school agree with the church in the way that it's telling other things you know what's going on with a uh, creationism and uh, big bang theory like which <laughs> which one are we going on you know Darwinism is that a thing is that something we're covering you know it all it, it just murkies it just muddies the water yeah. When it comes yeah, to that, yeah, which is something that I'm not super pro. Okay. Yeah, I see your point of view. I, I, I get what you mean. Do you want to bounce on anything I've said? I, I know what you mean by the sense of oppression uh, that you get from the church having a hovering hand, a, a huge hovering hand uh, over mm. a source of power because, you know, uh, I would, I mean, that the children might be only about 20% of the population, but so it's a cringy phrase, but it's they are 100% of our future. You think yes. about it. Um, so you know, if you have a certain, it's kind of it's kind of like having uh, uh, oh, I've, having actions in a company. You know, it's, it's yes. very dehumanizing shares. what I'm doing. Shares, there you go. It's very dehumanizing, but having shares in a company, and that's kind of like that's how I kind of see it. Is if you have the influence of managing to to educate and specifically educate and kind of like have a, a dogma uh, with your religion over some children so deciding their future because of your religion then you have a sort of power on how the future is gonna gonna happen and you know a kind of influence on how things are gonna roll around so it is a very i mean with great power comes great responsibility of course spider-man but it's very scary to think that 
a simple religion can have I mean a simple religion a religion can have such an influence on the whole population yeah so I, the allocation of time is the allocation of power yeah yeah so the I understand I can understand really the the kind of disgust and, and just like kind of fear and and just of the whole power of I mean that religion can have over somebody and especially future generations but at the same time using that power some people have saved their own lives and saved the lives of others so mm. it's very it's a very complicated question you can imagine the number of people that live day by day only because of their belief in God and mm. on the other hand you have people who just absolutely detest God and, and you know <laughs> that's a whole other question but you know pretty yeah that's true i i must admit um <clears throat> much as i wasn't necessarily intending this to be so this is a rather developed nation discussion that we're having mm. here um you know but, but then again you know that's that's what we've experienced so that's what we're what we're discussing but you're right there is probably a lot it would not surprise me if there were a lot of people in the developing world their their belief in a better future is strongly rooted within the same metaphorical plant pot yeah. as their belief in god hmm. i should assume it would make sense that's a, really. that's a good thinking point do we want to move on to the covid update before yeah. we wrap up the episode we're not we weren't planning on making a whole covid episode again because you know it's such a it's kind of a tedious subject Welcome to our new segment, COVID Update. Right, what COVID update do you have for us today, Soren? Oh, well, that's a good question. Well, there have been a total of about 20 cases in my school now, a bit less. Ouch. Yeah, so most, you know, right now is the holiday, so we're all good, you know, it's going to be two weeks, everybody's supposed to be, like, quarantined, so it's going to, it's kind of like a reset, you know, it's like new sheet, new everything, uh, but, like, it was getting really messy towards the end of uh, the trimester, um, uh, because uh, the same class got confined twice in a row. <laughs> like, they came back for four days, and then, like, four oh, days man. later, somebody got sick. Because somebody was symptomless, yeah. <laughs> and then they got the symptoms. Oh, my days. It was great. It was so funny. They're just so sad because the organization is so trash. It's just really sad. <laughs> they can't really just... They, they can't not be here because the importance of this year for us is so big that it's just yeah. really damaging to the, to the near future, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Yeah, 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 completely. It's kind of dangerous, though. I kind of, I kind of, I really feel bad, but at the same time, it's just so hilarious. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you laugh because you can't really cry. Really, yeah. <laughs> but you know, it's just, uh, what can you do? And some people in my class got confined because it's just one person in that class that was got COVID. So you know how sometimes, especially specialities nowadays, every class is mm. kind of mixed. So, so we got six people in our class that were confined for like the last week that was happening right now. And uh, supposedly people are still supposed to be confined right now, but they're not really going, being very yeah. confined friendly. Uh, let's yeah, do. my school has said, if you don't need to go on holiday, don't go on holiday. Limit any travel to the minimum possible. Wait, wait, yeah. Fat luck with that, my friends. Uh, <laughs> did you see, you, you told me that right now, and then I just saw, like, right before a call, like, Twerp. story of being, like, on a, on a beach or something. <laughs> like, bro, you're not going to be able to come back to school. You you know. <laughs> 
Like, I'm jealous, and I'm understanding, and I'm mocking, and I'm outraged, all at the same time. <laughs> just, just through the pure measurement of, like, three seconds of video, that is all of it. That is all its sights within me. What a complicated world we live in. <laughs> oh, God. And the yeah. thing that really annoys me, though, that's, um, that really, really annoys me is because now that uh, I live closer to my school... Usually because I'm uh, I eat outside, uh, I I would what I would do is you know just grab like a three pound meal deal at Tesco. By the way, Tesco, keep <laughs> that up. The three pound meal deal is the best thing you've ever done. Um, <laughs> and so we just me and my friends would just grab that and then we'd eat at my house, you know. But now I can't do that yeah. because you're not supposed to mm. share bubbles. But in a way, in a yeah. certain way, I am in the same bubble as them because. Uh, it's in there in my class. classes, yeah. right? My end. Theoretically, there hasn't been any COVID cases because they've sort of been keeping us in the dark, probably. Oh, wow. Um, of... You know, like, the, the the only COVID cases I've been hearing about have been either rumours. Mm -hmm. well, well, they're rumours. They might be true, they might not be. But, like, we're not getting official communiques from school because they don't want us to panic, probably. Huh. Um, we're being... We're not forced to wear masks within classrooms and we are forced to wear masks outside there is zero logic uh they're also supposed to like try and be preventing different bubbles in terms of year groups from mixing together um they've done a very 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 effective job when it comes to that i promise also when we're queuing for lunch mm. it's just as packed as it usually is oh, that is a disease terrible. vector if i have ever seen one obviously when we're eating at the canteen we're not actually socially distanced there's like 50 centimeters between us uh they've reduced the amount of people that you can have on a table from eight to six which makes the queue longer and worse so there's more risk vector for that actually probably uh, just the, basically the entire canteen is a bit of a mess because we're not supposed to eat in an unsociable yeah. position, I guess. We have to wear masks in class and oh my god. <gasps> <What? laughs> There's these like three people in my class that keep like putting the mask kind of down like under their nose. And every time I turn around, I see their dumb faces just with the mask a bit <laughs> down and literally every yes. time everybody just screams at me like what are you doing just like your mask on first of all like we don't want to see your dumb face like please just stop we have an issue with one of the uh i, I guess it's school staff i don't know they're not doing it they're not what? they don't understand how a mask works it's like one of the hired security people and sometimes they get the security to sort of like deal with the canteen queue uh and so he's doesn't seem to understand that the mask is supposed to go over his nose as well as his oh, mouth. Lord. And so he's just randomly breathing on the, like, 18 people within sneezing distance of him. <laughs> and it's... Oh! <laughs> so we sent an email and complained about it, and he hasn't been managing the uh, canteen line since. Thank God! That's good. Well, one of my teachers just has face shield up <laughs> instead of putting it down. Nobody goes to the front because nobody wants to be like spat on by her one point in class Nobody was in the front like two rows So there was like a huge gap between the teacher and us and she was like, why right. are you guys all the way at the back? And we're like, bro, just look at your face right now. <laughs> it's, it's, it was really funny It is just I'm watching pieces of media that were filmed pre-pandemic 
and I'm looking at stuff and I'm like, you're not socially distanced, you're not wearing a mask, what? You did exactly the <laughs> it's, same. I, like, it stresses me to the nth degree. It's just like people randomly hugging each mm. other. And I'm like, ah, I miss that. But also, what are you doing? You're going to get yourself killed. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Or just watching like French films, they they like they do like bees, you know? Oh. Like, oh my god, that just. Oh, oh no. That you know that triggers. I'm literally like, I can't look at the screen because I'm. I, I really feel like I, I just feel so disgusted by it. It's just revolting, mm. and my whole body just reacts like, oh, oh. It's just, oh. Mm. You know what's not normal? Huh? Go on. The runtime of this episode. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, thank you for listening to episode four of Salad Day Anecdotes. Thank you very much, uh, guys. Uh, remember to share this with your friends. Subscribe to this podcast uh, on whatever podcast mm-hmm, service mm-hmm. you use. Stay tuned for the next one. We're so sorry that there was such a break between yeah. episodes two and three, and we're sorry that episode three was a little bit meh. Hopefully, this one is better. Um, I don't think it was that bad. Come on. <laughs> I. Eh. Um, a special thanks to the people in Ohio and Texas, if you're listening to this one yeah, right now. Yeah. A special thanks to the one person from the uh, Singapore yeah. Department of Central Planning who listened to our episode. Thank you so much. Um, thank you to our 50% of American listeners in Washington, D.C. Whoopity, whoopity, whoop. That's actually really impressive. I, yeah, like our, our stats are just kind of confusing and I love it. It's great. We've gone worldwide. Absolutely. Um, Anyways, uh, thank you very much for listening to this whole podcast. I hope you really enjoyed it. Don't forget to share it. And yeah, thank you very much, guys. Bye-bye. Bye.